Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. At the intersection of faith and politics, there are often relationships between pastors and politicians. Today we interview Jeff Anderson, who is a leader in both of these categories. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt. Dr. Chaps, you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have a returning guest and a fan favorite. We keep bringing him back because he does a better job as substitute host when I'm away than I do when I'm here in the studio. I want to introduce Pastor Jeff Anderson, who is my backup wow. substitute host. You, Dr. How Chaps, you, it's great to be with you. And we all know yes. that that's not true, but thank you for your confidence Oh, you're very kind. How do you enjoy sitting in for me when I'm on assignment? You know, I've really gotten to where I enjoy it, especially interviewing some of the great people that are making a difference in, uh, in our world. You just interviewed Mohammed Faridi, who is an Iranian national, uh, came to America because of his faith in Jesus Christ, was a persecuted Christian. Uh, but you encounter people like this all over your ministry. Uh, one of the wonderful privileges that I have of now not only serving as a pastor, but serving a community, is I get to meet people like Muhammad Faridi or other people who are really making a, a remarkable difference. And Muhammad would be an example of someone that uh, I value the friendship, I want to do everything we can to help your audience to know some of these great people and the great things that are happening around us. So you're also becoming more influential in politics. As, as people who saw you before may know, uh, you were a pastor of a church, uh, Grace Fellowship, I think for 25 years, mm -hmm. but more recently you've been a traveling evangelist and teacher. You're also heavily involved in local politics. Sure helping one of our congressmen in Washington, D.C. Well, to me, Dr. Chavs, this is not a new thing. Uh, as a pastor, I was very committed to just preaching the Bible verse by verse. And I believe that the Bible speaks to every part of our life. It's not just Sunday morning, it's not Sunday school, and it's certainly not how you can be an usher or a nursery worker in your church. No, if you're preaching and living the Bible, then it's gonna affect every part of your life, including Christian citizenship. And so I've always had a, a sense of call and purpose toward Christians living out their faith every day. But then the Lord removed me from serving in a local church to now having an opportunity in a broader category. And so for me, this is kind of a natural step that happened from my belief system that goes way back. So now that you're embedded in sort of the, the, the politic of the day, um, how do you organize it? And I know you're a faith outreach coordinator to many different religious groups, not yeah. just uh, the, the faith that you grew up in or, or even your own particular brand of evangelical Christianity. You're reaching out to people of other diverse religions right. as part well, of your job. I have a wonderful privilege of serving a congressional office where we are serving the faith community. And that serving faith community is not a breach of, uh, it's not a violation of the separation of church and state, because really it's the best way to serve our community. And so I'm interacting with evangelical audiences, but also Catholic audiences or Mormon LDS audiences. I'm interacting with liberals. There are lots and lots of pastors who don't share our priorities or the policies, but my job is to serve that community. And You're so, well known at the synagogue in town? 
We get to serve in the synagogue as well. We're interacting with, with Hindu people, Muslim people. So really it's a broad faith uh, community. Well, when I was a state representative in the legislature, I served, in fact, I sat right next to a Hindu elected official, Janik Joshi, dear friend of mine, staunch mm -hmm. Republican. Um, and he and I shared so many values in common, but is there a difference between being a Republican yeah. And there's a whole set of values that go with whatever that means today. Sure. And being a Christian who loves Jesus Christ. Oh, well, listen, um, there's a dramatic difference because there are plenty of people that I may agree with politically that I would have no, uh, I would have no faith in common with them. And then there are other people that I may disagree with politically, even though we would have a biblical foundation. And so, yeah, being a Republican does not make you a Christian and neither does being a Democrat necessarily force, say that you're not a Christian. However, something that becomes very, very important is that there is a strong divide in this nation. We're recognizing it, a divide that is a political divide, but it's far more than that, it's a worldview divide. It's people who have a humanistic, attitude or a humanistic background of how they view the world, including politics, economics, the family, the value of, of human life. Uh, and the humanists are gonna have a dramatically different view of the world than a Christian, someone who's coming from a biblical worldview. And I said Christian, but a biblical worldview could be people of other faith who are now at least looking through the world and looking through um, politics through a lens of the Bible. And the biblical view and the humanistic worldview are absolutely in total contrast. There does seem to be, and, and one of the questions comes up, is there any such thing as a pro-life Democrat? I'm not gonna make you answer that, but, <laughs> but let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk with Pastor Jeff Anderson about Donald Trump and his reelection chances among evangelicals. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Reading today's headlines, doesn't it seem sometimes like the world is unreal? We hear about rumors of wars and we see legislative and cultural battles here in America. But where is our hope? I think it's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're offering now a, a DVD series led by family ministry leader Vince Dacchioli, Real Christianity in an Unreal World. It behooves us to really understand what does it mean to be relevant as a Christian and to be real and to spread the gospel in a way to where more and more people will, be in, will embrace it and move yeah. in the right direction. We can send you the entire DVD series, which is three-part teaching with Vince and a bonus of my personal testimony for a suggested donation of just $30 if you call now at 866-ObeyGod or write to the address on your screen or visit PrayInJesusName.org. We wanna rush you this important teaching to ground your faith in real Christianity. I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, some people are worried that we're losing our country, but they ask, how can we take a stand? We have produced now these two effective resources for you, a DVD video series and a book. Yours for a suggested donation of just $50 and we will offer you four videos on this disc to teach you how to become an effective Christian activist. For example, how did I send five million petitions to Congress? How did we organize and change bad laws or policies in 13 states? How did I run and win a seat in the Colorado legislature? We will also offer you this 30-day prayer manual, How to Liberate the World in 30 Days. They're both yours for a suggested donation of just $50. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, or write to the address on your screen, 
Or better yet, pick up the phone and call us at 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. You can learn the easy steps to take back your country. Call us today. Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Jeff Anderson, who is uh, not only a, uh, I won't say a retired pastor, because you're doing so much new evangelistic and and teaching ministry in Africa. Give us an update. Sure, well, I'm actually probably preaching as much or more now than I ever was as a pastor. Have an opportunity to travel and preach in lots of American churches, but I also get to do conferences in places like Uganda or uh, Haiti or other parts of the world. So yes, I'm still preaching and ministering, and so I'm not a retired pastor. I'm, I'm serving as, as much now as ever. You have a website. I haven't, uh, I don't know if we're showing that on the screen. How can people support your work? Well, internationalbibleconference.org is all spelled out. I know it's kind of long, but internationalbibleconference.org is really trying to equip pastors all over the world, including right here in the United States, to not only preach the Bible to their people, but to apply the Bible and saying, look, your Bible is not only influencing you on a Sunday morning, it's something that should affect every part of your life. And Dr. Chaps, the reason I do that is because the only hope that Uganda in Africa has to really be a successful nation is if they're built on a biblical foundation. The only hope that Haiti would ever have to really bring transformation is to build on a biblical foundation. And it's my conviction that here in the United States, we have a certain greatness of our, of our, of our heritage because of that biblical foundation that had been laid. And it's so vital for us to encourage people who love and believe the Bible to live out their Christianity every day, including the way that they vote. Well, we are staunch followers of Jesus Christ and he is God and we love the Bible. Mm -hmm. And yet many evangelicals, in fact, a a majority, a strong majority voted for Donald Trump as president of the United States in the 2016 elections. Um, I had a hard time as a man of faith initially embracing whether or not Mr. Trump and his, his moral character could, could be compatible yes. with religious freedom. And yet, now I'm a strong Trump supporter because he has not only made the turn perhaps in his personal life, but he has been such a strong oh. advocate for religious freedom in the White House. Well, Dr. Chaps, I think what you're expressing is what many people have experienced. Uh, recognition that his personality or even his past and his history, his morality, really hasn't been a display of a Christian influence. But when he came in as a candidate and was promising to do certain conservative things, we recognized that, wow, we needed this kind of person to appoint the Supreme Court justices that he has. And all these years later, we're now looking back and recognizing that President Trump really has, he really has instilled more of a conservative agenda than any president in my lifetime. I don't know of anyone who's been able to accomplish as much of a biblical worldview and a conservative agenda than this president. Some people in our movement are comparing him to Ronald Reagan, just the, maybe not yet the legacy that's still to be determined, but uh, the style that he's so um, um, positive and yet uh, well, forceful in the way that he fights for our issues. All right, so I was a young man just, just getting interested in what was happening in our nation with Ronald Reagan. I'll, I'll just say this, um, Donald Trump is no Ronald Reagan when it comes to the ability to communicate. Ronald Reagan could come right into my family room and explain the world to me and I as a fifth grader could understand it. However, uh, the, the similarity is that they're both outsiders. Washington, uh, when Ronald Reagan came to Washington, D.C., 
people would tease him and say, oh, well, he sleeps through cabinet meetings and then he makes a decision at the end of that. Well, wait a second. Here's someone who wasn't going to be influenced by all of the people, whether they're Republican or Democrat, who had been lifelong Washingtonians, right? So instead, he's coming and saying, you can give whatever advice you want, but this really is the right action to, to choose. Do you remember when Ronald Reagan wanted to get up and give a speech challenging um, President <coughs> Gorbachev? He said, Chairman Gorbachev, come to Berlin and tear this wall down. Yeah. There was at least three or four times that the speechwriters were taking that out and they didn't want him to say it. But what did he do? He said it anyway. And that's the kind of courage that I think President Trump has as well. Well, back in the 1980s, when I first became a Republican voter, it, uh, it was because of Ronald Reagan and his example to a young uh, fifth grader. I was at the time, right? Eventually, yeah. I became old enough to vote. Um, I just remember he didn't, first of all, observing that he didn't have access to Twitter or the internet or any of these, uh, he couldn't bypass the media right. the way that Donald Trump is doing. Does he, does he tweet too much or is, it, is this the new way of communicating? Yeah, that, that's not for me to say probably. It has certainly worked out in communicating his message. He's gotten exactly what he wants across. And all of his handlers, the people around him, want to tell him to stop tweeting and to stop doing, you know, communicating this way. But he's been effective in getting his message uh, around the media. And we recognize the media has been no friend. And the reason for that is because the, the media is dominated by humanists. They have a humanistic worldview, and that's what you're seeing on mainstream American media. You know, they called Reagan the great communicator, but now I wanna say in our generation with social media, Donald Trump has become the great communicator and he gets his message out instantly to an entire audience of people. Uh, setting that aside, I'm looking forward to 2020 and, and there are at least a dozen Democrats who wanna run for president. By the time all is said and done, people are speculating 35 to 40 well-known presidential candidates could be vying on the Democrat side of the party. Mm -hmm. Do any of those strike you as someone so far uh, that would be comparable to Donald Trump in terms of defending religious freedom? Heavens no, all, all of them are antagonistic toward religious freedom. Uh, they are all being controlled by the same people who are controlling the Colorado Civil Rights Commission that tried to violate Jack Phillips' basic rights to not communicate a message that he doesn't even believe in. Yeah. And so the, Donald the Trump- The Christian Baker who won at the Supreme Court so he didn't have to make a gay wedding case. And, and we're rejoicing in the victory where the uh, Colorado Civil Rights Commission dropped their charges against Jack Phillips yeah, that's for a the more, second time. That's a more recent update, just last week, uh, explain what happened with Jack Phillips. He was still in court? Well, look, the faith community came together and said, we have got to rally around Jack Phillips because this is not some, uh, this is not some hypocritical or hateful man who won't serve anyone. He'll serve anyone who comes into his bakery. But he is someone who believed in his freedom of expression where he w wasn't gonna be compelled to communicate a message that he didn't believe in. So he wouldn't put a message on a cake that he didn't believe. Well, all of us as Americans should be standing for the right of someone to have a freedom of their own conscience and a freedom of their expression. Well, the great news is, is because of the day in which we live, the, the Justice Department that is under President Trump's control, we were able to make sure that Jack had freedom. Your original question is, will any of these Democratic candidates stand for religious freedom like this president? Absolutely not. They are antagonistic toward our freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of conscience, and even freedom of religion. 
So that leaves evangelical Christians with another difficult choice, not between Trump and uh, whoever the Democrat opponent might be hostile to religious freedom, but can, as a Christian, I support President Trump as controversial as he has been uh, and, and, and in his own personal life, maybe a little too edgy, uh, but yet in his pol policy life, he stands with the church. Well, to me, it seems to be becoming more and more of a clear and easy um, decision. Because as difficult as it may be for the people who don't like his personality or whatever it may be, or mannerisms, you're still coming back and recognizing that this slate of Democratic candidates, they are all, every one of them, advocating a humanistic worldview. Their view of the economy is a socialistic worldview. Socialism is a humanistic belief system, and so socialism is where they're applying that. When it comes to their blatant disregard for the sanctity of human life, that's totally humanistic and is contrary to any kind of biblical worldview. So if you are a person of faith and you come and say, okay, when it comes to economy, when it comes to the view of the family and the definition of marriage, when it comes to uh, sanctity of life, you don't have any other choice. There's only one person who's standing on our side of all of that, and right now it's, it's President Trump. So I think he just answered the question, are there any pro-life Democrats? I don't think there are, but right after this, we will ask Pastor Jeff Anderson, how should local pastors approach getting involved in politics? Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, some people are worried that we're losing our country, but they ask, how can we take a stand? We have produced now these two effective resources for you a DVD video series and a book. Yours for a suggested donation of just $50 and we will offer you four videos on this disc to teach you how to become an effective Christian activist. For example. Dr. Chef, my biggest concern for the American church right now is that we've really put it into a, a, a four wall box. Christianity is about what you do on Sunday serving in this place. It's all about bricks and mortar. It's all about Christian programming. It's all about serving as an usher or serving in the nursery. When the truth is, what's happening in those four walls is supposed to equip Christians to go out and serve every day, to be Christian lawyers. We desperately need Christian, biblically-minded lawyers. And we need biblically-minded judges. And we need biblically-minded teachers. And you could just go on to all the different parts of life. And an inclusion in that is citizenry. We need Christians to bring their life-transforming gospel message to affect how they vote. And so we're not talking about politics for the sake of politics. We're talking about biblical influence. And that's where pastors need to equip their people to think biblically, to vote biblically, to live biblically. So when a pastor follows Jesus' mandate to make disciples and baptize people, uh, part of that discipleship is how are they gonna act in their civil discourse sure. toward the government? And since the citizens in America, at least, are the sovereign, mm -hmm. we get to vote, we get to pick our leaders, and the leaders are accountable to the citizens. How are the citizens going to govern their elected officials? Absolutely. You see, it's the Bible that even tells us that government-appointed officials are servants of God. They're ministers of God who've been appointed to enact justice to protect those that are innocent, to punish those that are guilty. This is not a human idea. This is God's ordained idea. And so now we're coming back and saying, all right, if this is what the Bible is saying, then we need to bring this into practice. And I just don't understand how anyone could be a Christian and not be staunchly defensive of the most innocent of human lives, including little babies, 
or maybe you're talking about um, teenagers where there's a, a suicide pandemic in our country because of the disregard for human life or end of life issues. I don't understand how you can recognize from Scripture that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God and that every life is, is valuable because of that. I don't understand how you could have a biblical worldview and not recognize that this is a critical factor. So we have a president who is now pro-life. He's appointing judges that are committed to the Constitution and are at least not antagonistic toward life. Uh, I think that it becomes really important for us to bring our biblical view into our ballot box. Well, not only have Democrats voted for infanticide, literally they're blocking bills in Congress uh, that would protect living babies after they're born, after they survive an abortion. Awful. There is there is open anti-Semitic hostility now against the Jewish people and against Israel. That's true. Uh, describe what, what is your perception of Ilhan Omar the Muslim Congresswoman from Minneapolis and her recent statements, and she's being condemned by the Democrat Party. Well, from one, well, from one standpoint, at least she says what she truly believes. I mean, so here's someone who's coming out and expressing what her belief system is, and I'm not agreeing with it, but I'm recognizing that she's in a party, a Democratic Party, that isn't willing to stand for what they believe. All they wanna do is, is get votes. And so anti-Semitism would be part of it, but Dr. Chaps, you and I both know there's such an antagonism toward Christianity, toward just biblical Christianity. So whether it's anti-Semitism or whether it's an antagonism to Christianity and where we're at, there are people who are now running for office who would do everything they could to silence you when it comes to your faith and your belief system, especially if you're committed to the scriptures. Well, and people tell me uh, Christians should not vote. Christians should not run for public office. Uh, Chaplain, how can you be uh, an evangelist on TV and be a candidate for public office at the same time. I say, uh, you know, I wear two hats, but I am the church and I am the state and every citizen ought to be both. That's true, and there is no contradiction. It is my belief in the scripture, it's my understanding of all the teachings of the Bible that really define all of these other parts of me, including my view of citizenship. That's great. Uh, we have just about a minute left. I want you to encourage pastors out there. Maybe there's a pastor watch, watching, you haven't talked to him yet, but this is a nationwide show. Yeah. Uh, how would you advise them to take up this discourse? Well, I think my only advice is coming from Matthew, where the Lord Jesus exhorts us that the salt, if it has lost its saltiness, is good for nothing, but to be cast out, trodden underfoot by men. The church in the United States re needs to regain its saltiness. We need to gain our influence. And we gain our influence not by becoming politically active, not by standing for a particular candidate. We regain our saltiness by teaching the Word of God. It's the Bible that has the power to transform lives, communities, and cultures. And it's only as we return to reading and explaining and applying the Bible that our people can be properly equipped to be servants of the Lord in every aspect of their life. Would you lead us in a word of prayer? Lord, thank you for our president and thank you for some victories that we're seeing in our nation. But we do pray that you'll awaken us and that you'll revive us. And we pray especially that the church can regain its saltiness. Give us the courage to preach and to believe and to live the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. Our guest has been Pastor Jeff Anderson, who, uh, mention your website one more time. Internationalbibleconference.org internationalbibleconference.org. Give him a donation, help him go to Africa and teach pastors over there how to exposit and teach the Bible verse by verse the same way that Jeff did in his church for so many years. 
Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. We need your donations to stay on the air, bring you these great interviews, PrayInJesusName.org. Please click the recurring donation button. Now, if you need prayer, pick up the phone and call us at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Today, I wanna to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.